Welcome back to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Christy. She writes, who were the Nephilim or Nephilim? How do you say it? Nephilim's where, where good. There? Okay. Nephilim's good. Nephilim in Genesis 6, and what role did they play in the Old Testament? It also references lowercase sons of God. How is this differentiated from Jesus, the one and only son of God? Great question. Excellent question. Do you have a timer set? I do. We're already at 54 (laughs) seconds, but you know, we'll give you grace. Genesis chapter six. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them that the sons of God, and Christy points out sons is lowercase there, saw that the daughters of man were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. And then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God, lowercase, came into the daughters of men and they came into as a euphemism for sexual intercourse and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I think the New King James says, only evil all the time. So number one, there's three possibilities for this passage. There was a, a guy who wrote a dissertation. I can't remember his name. And it was called Despots, Demons, or Degenerates. Those were the three categories he talked about. Who are these people? The fanciful one is they're angels. Okay. The angels cohabited and had these Fallen angels. Yes, yes, hopefully. The problem with that is multitude. Yeah. No other references in the Bible where angels cohabited, period. Angels don't procreate within their own, quote, species, close quote. They're creations of God. They're unique angelic beings unlike human beings. And so that's, to me, dismissed right out of hand. Okay. Despots would be princes or rulers. And if we look at this word Nephilim in some detail, and we do have a couple of other references in the Old Testament on the Nephilim, the word can mean giants, but mm-hmm. I want to argue that it's metaphorical. They're powerful people. Like giants of men, isn't right, it? Right, yeah. exactly. So what's happening is these, and think of a Middle Eastern tribal influence, not quite caveman. These are developed people groups, but they own a tribe of people whom they war with one another. And if you've got a lot of men in your army, so to speak, you can you can overpower other groups of people. That's what's going on in this section of the descendants of Adam. So after Noah's Ark, after the reproduction of the post the flood and chapter six talks about the multiplication begins. And so these leaders come up and so they're taking wives indiscriminately. They're having more and more daughters of men. And so this ungodly Canaanite group and the Sethite group are the ones that are in mind. And so you have those two. The despot interpretation would fit really well with the ancient Near East. For example, the sun god Ray was given a name. And Mm -hmm. so there's this naming of sun gods. And again, the fallen angel interpretation, I think, is the one that fails. It's it's fanciful. It sounds cool. It sounds like the stuff of a movie. I just don't think it's an accurate one. Okay, so that's the Nephilim. But Christy asked, how was the sons of God reference? How is that differentiated from Jesus? One, it's plural. 
So we're not talking sons of, we're talking the son of God. Okay. And secondly, whenever we translate something from Hebrew to English in this case, the Hebrew language does not have a capital letter the way we read these things. So these are interpretive decisions that our translators make, and they're generally right. And so the idea was the translator said, well, these are sons of God in the sense that they are born of the lineage of Adam. So they're humans. That is why it's somewhat fanciful. That's why some people want to see them as degenerates or demons as opposed to just despots. But I think it's just a way of saying they were powerful men on the earth at that time. Okay, two follow-up questions. That's totally not where Christy was. My first question is the 120 years part that you read. God said, okay, they cannot live until they're 800 anymore, 120 years. But then as the genealogy continues in Genesis... They live well past 120 years for a while. So what's that about? The way the way I and, that, and you're catching me off one I have studied. I can't prove it. If memory serves, we've had the flood. I'm a canopy guy. The canopy collapsed. So now we no longer have the floodgates of the heavens and the earth opened up. So now man's going to live less than the 930 years that Abraham lived for right. Adam lived, for example, and Methuselah, 900 years. So from now on. But like Noah and people, his sons lived right, well past but, 120. But this is going to be Got the it. beginning so you're of born, that. You're yeah. born after the flood. Yeah. But you're catching me on my heels on that one. <laughs> well, there may be a better answer. That's what I like to do with well, you. Well, okay, okay, and then this is I don't know everything. purely... <laughs> You know, there's there's no real way to answer this question. I know this, but Thank I was you. in a conversation with somebody the other day about only what was the KJV only always wicked with only wicked all the time, only only, e- only evil only all the time, evil all the time. Yeah. My question was, and I'm a pessimist on this. I said, don't imagine how bad it had to have been then, and don't you think it's probably worse today? And the person I was talking to said, no, no way. It had to be more wicked then. And mm-hmm. I think, no way. I think we're we're like way off the charts in wickedness, right? What do you think? Well, the depravity of man, we don't act out completely on our depraved nature, but it's bad today. You know, I was talking to our friend Dave Gibson the day about you know, if God doesn't judge man, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. You've heard that nonsense. Oh, you know, gosh. No, I just, haven't. But. Yeah. It's, I mean, things are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's just say theoretically, hypothetically, they are. You know what we're seeing? God's mercy. Grace upon grace. God's upon mercy. Grace upon grace. He withholds judgment until the time when he brings it. But what I am certain the scripture teaches is that he will judge. Yeah. He will judge righteously. And it will be a final series of judgments, but there'll be a final judgment on this. And so, yeah, I don't know if, if you and I had lived at that time, the, the level of wickedness, but if the context is talking about these self-appointed princes of wealth and power and military might are indiscriminately taking women and having sex with them, and it was wrong, they were supposed to stay within their tribal clans, and then, of course, the next verse, the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth. Boy, that's another big that's one. Awful. How can God be sorry? He was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth. By the way, he didn't say I blot out angels. Hmm. So if the context is consistent here, the wickedness of man, taking all these women indiscriminately, he goes, I'm going to blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth. And this, of course, is when the flood account begins. So. How much time do you think passed from Genesis 1 to 6? He made man in his image, and it was good. Well, if I follow Alan Ross's suggestion, the fall happened very quickly. 
Right. In fact, he argues it could have happened within one day. Yep. That's which I is mean. chilling. Let's just say it lasted for a couple of years. Now, now, I mean, just theoretically. <laughs> know, now, now we just... know when Adam comes along, he's got to have children post-fall. He's got to have Cain and Abel. They have to have children. And those children have to be able to marry and reproduce. Yep. So, you know, we're looking, yeah, we're looking at hundreds of years, probably. But not even a thousand years. Oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we, we could do the math pretty quickly. It wouldn't be hard if you're a young earth proponent, as I am. Uh, you could do the math pretty quickly to see how, you know, from the time Adam is kicked out of the garden and then by what, chapter five, we read about the generations of Adam made when God created man in his likeness, etc., he was 130 years old. He became the father of a son. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, At least 130 Seth. years. Yeah. yeah, that's Seth. And then, of course, Seth is going to have to grow and marry eventually. He lived 105 years. So that's 200 and, what was it? 235 years. years. And then 800 years. Is when the next guy becomes Seth a dad? Seth lived 800 years. And seven years after that, he became the father of Enosh. Wow. So, you know, you're right. We might be, we might be a thousand years. Well, maybe we have it, folks. But, you know, here's the good thing. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's Even if you're curious. an old earth, yeah, if you're old earth, you know, person versus young earth like me, what we know is it's, you know, God's sovereign over time. And um, these stories are real. Selah. Well. If you've got a question, call or text us. Was that us. even close to 10 minutes? It was under, I think. <laughs> 615-281-9694 or email us at question at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. You can find more shows and biblical resources at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.